Thrilled to welcome you to another episode of Zach's Speakeasy, where you can step behind the bookcase, hear some inside stories, and all about drinks of choice. Now, your host, Zach Hilton. Welcome to the Speakeasy. I am your host, Zach. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Zach Speakeasy. We're also on Untapped. Yeah, that Untapped. Uh, this is the first of the solo episodes where it'll just be me and I'm going to go through what's going on in my life. And, you know, if there's anything news or Q&A that people that listen to this show, they want to chime in on, please, by all means, you're more than welcome to, like I said, hit me up on uh, Instagram or, hey, we got a Gmail, ZachSpeakeasy at gmail.com to get all those things. Um, so before we get into today's topics and such like that we got to get with the drink of choice and this week i'm going with something uh i I got last year uh during this time during the christmas season Uh, i like to go to kroger and go to their pick six section and try out new beers once in a while um just in case if i wasn't sure if i want the whole like six pack or whatever so at the pick six this season, I noticed one that I liked last year came back. And it's uh, from Smart Mouth here in Norfolk, Virginia. It's called the Holiday Helper. It's a red IPA. And I really dug the can. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you want me to be won over by a beer, it's got to start with the can design. And it has like a red tint to it but like the drawings on it are really good it's a old school cartoon like old school frosty santa claus a nutcracker a pilgrim drinking a naughty elf with a huge uh pint of beer rudolph and then a uh uh cookie man at the bottom yeah it's a good can trust me if you follow the instagram you can see the uh can design but yeah it's a red ipa it's a 6.8 it's really really good from what i remember so we're trying it out for the season let's see what happens um it smells it smells like an ipa if you if you know an IPA smell, it definitely smells like that. The can color is exactly the beer color as well, like a red um, IPA, darker tint. Um, oh, that's good. That's good. It it definitely has the hops. You can definitely like get the bitterness of IPA in it. Um, but I definitely like the aftertaste as well. I think the aftertaste is pretty decent. It doesn't linger around linger around too badly afterwards. Like it's a good taste. And I would say it's definitely like a sippa, as Brooke would say, where, you know, you could just sit there, sit by the fire and just, you know, do do this drink honestly i got it in the pick six if they had a six pack of it i think i would pick it up um i might not do it all in one sitting as no one should uh but i can definitely see myself getting like a six pack of this and uh going through the week with it um 
So if you want to check uh, Smart Mouth out, they're in Norfolk, Virginia. They have other beers too that I'm a fan of. Um, so I knew I knew trying this out wasn't going to be such a task, but I definitely I definitely recommend the Holiday Helper Red IPA. I'm gonna take another drink because that's what we do on this show. Ah, uh, uh, yummy. So. Let's get into the solo episodes. If you know me, if you know, like, my kind of life in entertainment, like, I've been a part of professional wrestling. I've been a part of, you know, local acting and writing and making my own stuff. Like, I've realized in recent years that I've kind of pushed the the creative things aside and pushed forward a lot of my content creating, which is cool because when, you know, hunters was full season, no breaks, you know, besides a episode here or there missed, like I missed writing. I I wrote a couple of things, you know, I probably acted in a couple of shorts, but nothing that like was, that creative freedom that I loved doing a few years ago. Like I kept looking at pictures from 2015 recently and seeing a lot of my killer reunion bro stuff and issue stuff. And I was like, ah, man, I miss doing that kind of stuff. And so one big thing about this, yes, it's content creating. uh, But I think I also want to like go down a journey with some creative stuff that I, uh, got going on in the bag. Um, one, I'm writing a new movie. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Actually, over the weekend, I got to hang out with a future guest of the show and uh, the director of Killer Reunion, bro. And I just like, you know, I pitched him my idea. I told him uh, that I've gotten the opening already written. So it's, it's just a process from here of I got it all mapped out. I got the scenes that I want to make. So for as a movie goes, I think this is going to be a fun trip. I'm actually going to try to write a full length movie. So previously I've worked on like, you know, a internet show and my own movie, which was like 23 minutes long. So both short kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really going to try to push the, the old, noodle in my brain to get a full length feature out of this. So that'll be a fun kind of thing about this show is like, I could tell you where I am. If you have questions or if I haven't talked about it, um, just hit me up and tell me, Hey, what's going on with this and jog my memory and let you know where I am. I mean, obviously I'm not giving spoilers because that would be ridiculous, but um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then on top of that, Like this show, I am obviously a big beer enthusiast. And one of the things that I hope to conquer on this show is getting people on and kind of learning about beer. Not only like just, you know, different smells and tastes and like, why is this a hazy IPA? What what makes this a lager? Like... I want to create my own beer and 
I hope eventually, like, I can get a home kit and, like, a, like a legitimate home kit in Norfolk where I live. Uh, there's a, um, a beer place where you can buy all the materials and stuff like that. So the goal for me is, like, to create something out of that, to learn how to efficiently make an IPA or a hazy IPA, something like that, and one that I love the taste to. And then eventually, knock on wood, the goal would be to, you know, get it produced in some way, honestly, because, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life. I wrestled for the third biggest company in the USA at the time. I've created something that right now is streamable on a streaming platform. And I've worked with amazing people throughout these years of being in some kind of form of entertainment, stepping outside of that realm and doing something that I feel is a different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a different route, a different thing that I've never done before and see if it's possible to get something made that way. Like, I've made my wrestling dreams game come true. I made my, you know, movie making abilities come true. So now I want to see if I can actually physically make something that people are going to want to put in their mouth and say, yep. Thanks, Zach. (laughs) Oh man, that was always meant to come out that poorly. So... So yeah, that's some of the some of the things that I got coming down the pike that I'm excited about working on and seeing where that journey goes with this show. Um but now let's get into like the stuff that these kind of episodes are going to be full with. Um once again, going to take a drink. So if you got one, take one as well. It's good stuff. Right IPA. It's really good. Um, So this past Wednesday, I went to my first wrestling show, pro wrestling show as an audience member. Uh, Last show I went was four years ago. So it's been four years since I've been to a wrestling show. And since retiring from wrestling, it's been uh, a different stage. I was talking to Brooke about it. And we really were going back and forth of how, like, how much my fandom of wrestling has changed from when I started watching back in 96. And, you know, you fast forward 25 years and I've gone from a wrestling fan to a performer, a worker. And then now I'm at this weird fandom place, like... When I was younger, I was those rabid fans and going to the show this past week, like there were a lot of rabid fans and like, it didn't make me uncomfortable where I didn't want to be there or anything like that, but it definitely put me in a space of like, I'm not there anymore. And once I was in my seat, I mean, we were joking around. There was some good, like things going on that reminded me of my old wrestling days. Like my buddy, Nick, who was with me, uh, and we used to go to wrestling shows like all the time. Like before I got into wrestling, like working it, 
we would we I, I swear God in a year we went to like four WWE shows and at those shows we always had some fun I mean there's many moments that I remember like Goldberg wanted to kill our friend Paul which was a really really fun time like this is what happened so in Raw you're you're sitting by a rampway and um the wrestlers come down go to the ring or whatever and goldberg for whatever reason i think he was like feuding with hollywood rock and um he beat up like gilberg or somebody but he was coming and giving high fives to the fans while leaving and i'll give the one thing about goldberg um he he does everything for fans and by everything i mean like you're going to have to pay him a shit ton of money to get him to do the things that you know, he likes to do for fans, but at least he's going to do it. So he's high-fiving all these fans, and I look over to Nick, and I'm like, I, f- I hate Goldberg. I effing hate this guy. And you know what? I'm going to move my hand when he goes for a high-five. And, again, younger guy, younger kid, so uh, definitely dickhead. Um, I have my... F- hand out and I'm screaming to him like I'm the number one Goldberg fan like I'm like give me a five give me a five Goldberg I love you and like he comes in and I'm talking I move it woo Ric Flair style and like you should have seen the livid face on this guy next to me was my friend Paul to my right okay so Nick to my left Paul to my right And when he looked at me and saw that, oh, he was so, so angry. And Paul had his hand out. And Goldberg just proceeded to give the fucking hardest dap I have ever seen in my life. And it's like a shock sound. Like a... It was the hardest hit, I think, ever in an audience high-fiveness. And for the rest of the night, your boy Paul was just sitting there, oh, I think my head's broken. Oh, I think it's gone. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I couldn't believe, like, it, it's just one of those memories that'll always be in the back of my mind. And, like, from going from that to actually working in wrestling, like, I worked more indie shows from Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, things like that. Like, those are the places that I worked. Um, And, like, when Ring of Honor, which at the time was the third biggest uh, company in America, like, every time they came to Virginia for a good two years, uh, I I was on that show with my tag partner, Jeff Early. And to get to that point to have a at the time it was called TNA like i went to one of their tryouts and stuff like that like i was pushing for it but there was a point where i was reaching an age i couldn't do it anymore and i knew it wasn't going to go the route i wanted to which is obviously WWE like that's what i grew up on that's what i wanted to watch or be a part of and it just wasn't going to happen. I was with Brooke and we were talking about having a family. And if there's anything I know about wrestling, you're on the road a lot. So I didn't want to do that. Wasn't my dream. My dream was the family, like sticking around, figuring out stuff around here. And also that's when I got into podcasting and I was getting into the filmmaking stuff. So like 
there were other avenues, I, again, creative-wise, that I wanted to try out, especially since I knew this was wrapping up. So now, fast forward, after doing all the wrestling, um, I just sit at a show and I can definitely look at the guys and see amazing athleticism being done. But there's just something that is constantly holding me back now of the fandom. Like, I don't watch WWE stuff much anymore. Like, I'll put it on as background noise once in a while. But that's about as hard as it gets. Um, AEW, I enjoy it. Hence me being like, you know what? I want to go see this live. But once I did it, in my mind, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to go back. I don't know if that's, I just don't know what the hell I'm in fandom wise. Has anybody else been in some kind of thing of that? Like huge football fan or soccer fan. And then like, you know, you play it um, as a teenager or even get to college level. And then after that, do you watch as much as you know, you did, do you look at it different? Like, I'm not sitting here like an arm, you know, uh, what the, what's the slogan called? The armchair quarterback or whatever the hell they're called. Like, I'm not over here like armchairing, uh, chop blocks. Uh, I, I just don't know if I love it anymore. And that is a hard thing to kind of feel for 25 years. That was a big part of my life. And maybe, Maybe it's things like that that just go away. I don't I don't know. And again, reach out to me and talk to your boy uh, because it's it's been a weird ride for the past 25 years. And just to watch it kind of like fizzle down now is weird to me. Um, so, yeah, that's I, that's all I got for like the wrestling thing. Um it was weird being around people again, like in that kind of area. Like I've been to theme parks. I've, I've, I've moved around big groups of people, but actually sitting in a room with thousands of people for like five hours. That was kind of weird right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, just especially seeing a lot of people that I knew at that show. I was like, Oh boy, what am I doing? <laughs> um, but take a drink. Uh, story's over. Take a drink. Um, so what else is going on with me? Um, a couple of weeks ago, probably the hardest moment in my life, uh, actually happened. Um, and what I'm about to tell you is kind of going to feed into the final thing I want to talk about. But, uh, my mom, my mother, uh, Peggy, she passed away, um, a couple of weeks ago, it was a losing battle to cancer. She did not want to do chemo because chemo only guaranteed her, guaranteed, quote unquote, uh, a couple of more months. Not even like full, full more life or anything like that. It was just maybe to spring. So she didn't want to put the family through that. And I respected her wishes. And we, you know, we thought we had a little bit more time than we did, but it, it literally like her, she deteriorated faster and faster than any of us all. So like I found out about it in September and then, um, she just passed away in November and it's literally been the hardest thing. I was, I was 
thankful that I've gotten a couple of these episodes in the bank because I needed time to process, uh, to talk, you know what I mean? Um, I wanted to do this to kind of get my feelings out because originally, and this is how, this is how sucky things are guys. When everything started like, and she seemed more aware and like new stuff was going on. Like I asked her to record a podcast with me and it wasn't to like get listens or to be fair, like content for you guys. It was more content for me. Like, you know, for the past 11 years, I've been talking in a microphone and, you know, giving my feelings about movies, wrestling, haunts, whatever, but it's like a time capsule. And I wanted to time capsule my mom on this show and I didn't get that opportunity. I thought there was going to be a time for that, but obviously that did not uh, go my way or hers. Um, so I guess, you know, if you are, if you're a person that has a loved one that you, you know, hug them, just give them that love because you never know what's going to happen. And I don't know if I was blessed or cursed with like, you know, out of nowhere death or the fact that I had to watch her, you know, slip and slip for a couple of months because, the broad was in so much pain. So like her being gone is it's so much better because I hated seeing her in pain. Um, but I really truly wish I could have gotten her on the show just to talk funny stories, just to find out about her life before, like even me, like, you know, I, I think every kid knows their parents don't, tell them everything or, you know, you don't know everything about your parents. Um, and I think that's something I wish I would have done. I think I wish I would have delved deeper into her life pre me, uh, just to, you know, get that picture. And that's what, that would have been one of the things on this show that I was going to bring up, but that did not happen. Um, But one thing that I did get to think about over the time, like she introduced me to something I love, uh, uh, like a passion, like no other in the film universe. Um, she's the one who showed me Ghostbusters for the first time. And I know I was running rampant about Ghostbusters ever since she showed me it. Like she bought me the real Ghostbusters firehouse and the Ecto-1s and the proton pack with the foam end where you just beat the tar out of somebody walking around. Uh, like I had that. She she did it all for me. She took me to go see Ghostbusters 2 in theater um, because I wasn't old enough to see Ghostbusters 1 in theater. I had to watch that at home. But like, it was just something that I absolutely adored and... I'm very thankful that she showed me that. And this year, you know, because they had to push it, um, Ghostbusters Afterlife came out this past weekend. Um, And before she passed, I was like, I need you to make it a couple of more months because this thing ain't going to be on VOD yet. So hold on tight, lady. She tried. I gave her credit. She tried. Uh, Alas, did not win that battle. But, um, you know, 
I was still super excited about seeing this movie and I went to go see it. And this isn't a review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. The, if you want a review of Ghostbusters Afterlife, there are two wonderful podcasts, the Mr. Wonderful Show uh, on all streaming platforms and the Review at Rob Show on all streaming platforms. They're both going to review this movie and I bet have great insights on it. I'll just say this. I loved it with all my heart. This movie is top-notch filmmaking. I guess what I kind of want to talk about is why is this franchise such a divisive unit? Like, I don't understand, like, you know, the 2016 came, uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call came out, and I, I don't even know if that's the official title now because they were like, we got to get away from this Ghostbuster thing. But, um... I don't know if, let me take a drink real quick. Sorry. Like, I remember that movie coming out and obviously the, you know, it being a female Ghostbuster thing really stirred up the wrong crowd. Um, But for what the movie is, I enjoy it. I thought it was fun. Uh, But like the Rotten Tomatoes score, when you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, it's like 74% critic. 49% audience. And it's like, woof, that's hard. Um, And I I know there was a lot of controversy with the movie between the YouTube video trailer thing where it got like the most thumbs down or whatever. Um, But like this movie is sitting like currently at like a 61, 62 critic score and a 95 audience. And I'll be straight up with you. Every single person that I've talk to that's seen this movie loves this movie. So I don't know what the F the franchise did to divide the critics between the fans and the toxic fans and toxic critics or what the fuck is going on. But let me have my thing. Like, let me have my thing. Okay. My mom just passed away. I'm trying to love this movie And, like, people are telling me it's just member-berry love. And I'm like, the the hell it is. This movie is a Jason Reitman Ghostbusters. And he killed it. And all I'm asking you from one guy just walking around this world to another, don't make me stab you in the throat. That's all I'm going to say. But (laughs) Um, it's a good movie. You should check it out. You should check it out. What else is going on? Oh, my donut shop, my local donut shop closed. They decided to shut the door. And I get it. The lady was like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm tired of waking up at 2 a.m. to make the donuts. I get it. You've earned your keep, lady. Go do your thing. But what amazing donuts. Oh, doodle doos. Rest in peace, babies. Um, So, yeah, this was the uh, first episode of the solo shows. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of anything I talked about today. Let me know about my wrestling, like, fandom change. Is it weird? Do you have this? Do you guys watch, like, daytime soaps and then you walked away after 20 years? Uh, You know, tell me about this Ghostbuster stuff and, you know, whatever. And never count on a donut place to not break your heart because it's going to happen. Uh, once again, I'm drinking Smart Mouth Holiday Helper Red IPA. It's a 6.8 ABV. Not bad. 12-ounce can. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Zach's Speakeasy. Uh, untapped, same. 
Zach Speakeasy. Next week, uh, my buddy, wonderful, Nick Wonderful from Hunter's Podcast and the Mr. Wonderful Show and formerly of the Mike and Bob Show. Uh, he is going to be up here and we're going to go through his radio and podcast careers. So that's going to be a good time. Make sure you subscribe, rate, smash any button that says like it. So um, thanks for coming to the speakeasy and we will uh, see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. And please remember to always drink responsibly.